You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I've seen uh, in a little bit of research that especially in the 60s, in the 1960s and early 70s, uh, this became something more than just uh, academic exercise. Uh, is there a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael? How strong that mitzvah is? It actually became a, um, a dynamic in cases uh, deciding how families were going to live their lives when they were coming to Bezdin and whether divorces would be granted and what, what sort of rights women would have for these divorces. So, obviously, um, there's a reason for that, and that's because once the, the Medina took off after World War II in 1948 and beyond, the idea of living there at Israel became, a, it wasn't just theoretical and are you going to be Meister Nefesh and be one of the Chalutzim. It's more and more of a place that, that has a vibrant uh, society. And because of that, the question about about wanting to live in Eretz Yisrael and demanding to live in Eretz Yisrael became a stronger one. And it really, I believe, uh, and this is somewhat superficial because I, I didn't go through the truvis with a fine-tooth comb. But what I did discover, and that was sort of like um, my subtitle, that the Dayonim loved it because they gave him a chance to go into this issue again that had been sort of dormant and really uh, tweak it and discover what this, is it truly a mitzvah? Is, can it really play a role in, uh, in a way uh, that can determine, for example, does the man have to divorce his wife? Does he owe his wife money? And it starts, like all interesting stories too, with the human condition. So there's actually two cases involved, and the country involved is Eretz Yisrael, of course. And we'll start with the, the latter case, which was connected to one of my favorite countries, maybe because I just love this song, Brazil. <laughs> so we're going to find out. This happened here, as you can see. Uh, the case, uh, I'm going to read you some of the facts, and you're going to see what the facts were. One of the beautiful things about the, and what you're seeing here on the screen is the official transcript, so to speak, of what they published of the cases uh, of the Bate Dinam of the Rabbanot in Eretz Yisrael. This happens to be a local bit in this first psaac that we're going to look at. And you can see, just to see where this is, and I just want to give you a sense here. This was the uh, Tel Aviv Yafo Bezdin from the Rabbanut. Um, Rav Werner was the Av Bezdin. Uh, and Rav Azulai and Rav Tzimbalist. And it seems clear from that Rav Tzimbalist, although he wasn't the Av Bezdin, he's the one who actually wrote this psaka. Happens a lot. Many times the person who uh, I've sat on a number of cases, many times uh, it's not clear who's going to be uh, the writer. And the writer always reflects some of his own prejudices. And the other Dayanim sort of give him some, some slack. Um, as you can see, there was a Tovea, and that's, of course, the lawyer. And, and you're going to see this is the lawyer for the husband. Um, the husband himself did not appear in Besden, but his Bokoho was there, his lawyer. And you can see he was Orich Din Hochman. And I've seen that name often. He had a, I'm not sure if he's still alive, uh, he, 
life. He is. He should have a gesunta gesunta life. But he shows up a lot in these cases from the sixties and stuff as as one of the lawyers. Uh, this is the woman's lawyer. She actually showed up in Besdin as well. And the Orach Din, she had an Orach Din, and his last name was Chayat. Okay. So let's go to the facts of the case before we, uh, so just to make it uh, stir the pot, make it a little bit interesting. So here it is. This is a married couple that both of them are on their second marriage. Okay. Uh, it happened in 1960, I would say it was probably uh, 1966 that they got married. And they got married in Zion Kislev, Tufshin Chub Zion. So I assume that was still not yet the, the I assume that was about, um, you can look it up on in Google, but that was probably sometime in December or November 1966. Now, where'd they get married? In St. Paulo. She, as you're going to see in a minute, they did not register uh, officially in as a married couple. Okay. In fact, the woman, and I assume she was a little bit younger than the man, and we're going to turn out the man was about, the man was uh, about 70 at the time. Uh, she was an Israeli citizen, and she came as a tourist. She had a cousin who lived in Sao Paulo in Brazil, and she meets this man there on a, on a vacation. And she marries this man, who is a, a Brazilian citizen. Um, nine months later, the facts are she went back to Israel. The husband stayed in Brazil, and she didn't come back. So, um, the husband... Uh, and you can see the amount of time that passes. It's already 1968. It's already, um, you know, almost two years later uh, from the time they got married. Um, I would assume it's over a year that she hasn't come back. The Baal sends a letter to Eretz that he says, look, where is she? She needs to come back. And if she's not coming back, then... And then she's going to get, she, that I'm going to divorce her. And um, what I really want, the husband says, and whether he meant it or not, or not is another question. I want the Besden to, to, to contact her and to tell her she needs to come back to Sapolo. And if she refuses, and I, I, you can't force a person, then she needs to take a get. Uh, uh, or she doesn't want to take a get, then give me a right to remarry. So let me talk about what this means for a second. Um, a woman can't be forced since the uh, the effects of Chaim Rabbeinu Gershom. According to the Torah, yes. But one of the takonas of the Chaim Rabbeinu Gershom was, which was accepted in all in many, many communities, almost throughout the world. Uh, maybe in some Sephardi communities it was not accepted, it was accepted not as strongly. But in the Ashkenazi communities especially, it was accepted you cannot divorce a woman forcefully. A woman can't be forced to take a divorce. So she can actually stay married. And the question is, when she stays married, she actually has certain benefits, which means she can, she can keep on, even though she's not, and again, um, we'll see if she has a right to be separate than her husband. 
But assuming she is separate from her husband, assuming the woman is separated from her husband, uh, but uh, she has the right as a non-divorced woman to bill him for support from his onos, right? So getting the divorce might not be to her advantage. And you can see here in this case, as we're going to find out, she doesn't want a divorce. It's not to her advantage to get divorced, um, especially since um, there are laws in Israel that say that you inherit your husband, right? So she ain't taking a divorce so easily in this case. So that is part of the reason why our Brazilian friend, uh, who is a, a, I would assume he probably was born in Europe and eventually made it to Brazil. I don't think he was born in Brazil, but it's possible. I don't know much. I didn't do that much research on who this person was. But this Brazilian fellow um, would want her to take the divorce because it doesn't seem like he's, it doesn't seem like she's coming back to Sao Paulo. Now, there's another option that if a woman, and this is a very tricky one, um, you've heard of the idea of Heter Meir Rabbanim, Rabbi. Now, Heter Meir Rabbanim is a situation where um, a wife is unable to get a divorce. A wife is unable to, uh, and, and it could be a number of reasons. Sometimes it's mental competence uh, that doesn't allow the woman to get the divorce. So the Heter Meir Rabbanim is something that the rabbis uh, have sort of instituted as an exit ramp to get out of Chaim Rabbeinu Gershom. And basically what it means is that the Rabbonim allow him to remarry despite the fact that he's still married to someone else. And you hear about this, getting a heter nesuin. And they are issued. It's rare, but heter nesuins are issued. Now, they are issued usually where the woman is found to be at fault. So she's not allowing, uh, you know, it's like a person uh, escaping a subpoena. She's not allowing uh, uh, anybody to, 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 to sue her for the divorce. She can't, she, like, we can't find her to give her the get. But there's another option. The other option is, is to let the guy get married to someone else. Now, does he still owe her the money? We'll see. That's another discussion. Now, um, the woman did come to court. Um, and it worked pretty fast. In other words, uh, in 68, and let's say September 68, uh, he filed in Besden. And about, uh, you know, about a month or so and a half later, she comes to court. And she comes with her lawyer. And uh, the husband doesn't show up. But the husband has hired an Israeli lawyer. That's Hochman, I believe. Now, the woman speaks first. The woman speaks first, although she's, in, in this sense, it's interesting why she spoke first. But I guess the Dayanam wanted to hear from the woman first. So she says, look, we, I met this man in Sao Paulo, but we said we're going to go live in Israel. We both have, we both have adult children in Israel. In fact, my whole leaving was that he would come after me. Now, he said that he was going to liquidate his business. He had a lot of business in Sao Paulo, and he's going to come and live in Israel with her. Then he just decided not to do it. All right. The lawyer spoke up and said, this is a lie. This man is not liquidating his businesses. He is a sochen bechad. Now, those of you that are not giving shear now, you can maybe look this word up. 
I'm not sure what he was, but he was some sort of Sochen Bechad. Uh, again, I, I should have looked it up, but that was his business. And he can't leave. He cannot leave Sapolo. Okay. So that was the first time they met. Now, the Besden decided, and again, I'm taking my time here because I really want you to get into the nitty gritty of this. And many times, this really is going to give you, and I'm going to just say parenthetically, Mark, you might remember, and David, when we started this year, a lot of it, it was supposed to be built around, you know, what, how a Besden works. You know, it, it came out of my experience of, as a Dayan, as a Dayan, but I, I also wanted to take you behind the scenes. So this is, I think, I, I hope you find it interesting and, 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 and fascinating enough. So then the Besden's, go ahead. No, it is. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, again, I, I know a lot of times people want to cut to the chase, and I'm sort of like I tell the shaggy dog story. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, but, but, but I, 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 there's a method to my madness. I'm not just trying to eat up time. I want you to see how Besden works and how how things happen. So let's go to the next stage. So Besden said, "Look, obviously, we there's facts on the ground we don't know about." So they sent the letter to the Rove of San Paulo, and they said, "Look, we don't live there." You're the rabbi. You be our agent, and you get some testimony about this marriage that occurred, uh, you know, between this Brazilian man and this Israeli woman. And, and maybe we can find out. So the man did his job. I don't know who the Rava San Paulo was, but he says, okay, I did some research, and the truth is he came to us first. Before uh, he sent the letter to Israel, he came to our Bezin, and he says, my wife left me. And I'm so upset because I fixed up my apartment here. I, I, I refurnished the apartment. I, 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 I spitzed it up. And now she's gone. I made it beautiful for her. And who came to the Besden? Witnesses. And they said, man's right. Who are they? I don't know. Four different witnesses. Gimel, Dalit, Hay, and Vav. Those are witnesses, the names have been changed to protect the innocent, right? So Gimel, Dalet, and Vav all testified. And what do they say? Yeah, I remember she said that she's going to stay here in San Paulo. She finally found a rich husband. She found a husband who could take care of her. A guy's got money. Didn't say she loves him, of course. And now we can live peacefully with that money here in Brazil. In fact, even before she left for Israel, remember what she said. She, they, according to their testimony, she's decided to move to Sao Paulo. To move to Sao Paulo. Okay. Um, before she left, uh, she told people that the reason she's going to Israel is because she's got an apartment there and she's got to like take care of it or maybe rent it out or whatever. And then she's going to come back to her husband as quick as possible. Um, the, the husband said that she's got to come back. And if she's not coming back, and obviously I, I can't have her, then she's got to take a get. I don't want to leave her not married, but but I'm also stuck. Now, that's what the Rav of San Paulo said. All right? So they reconvened. Uh, and sometime in January, or let's say February 1969, remember that year? So 1969, they, uh, they reconvened in Tel Aviv. 
Uh, they brought the lawyers back. And um, he says, look, I can find witnesses from St. Paulo that, that, uh, that she said she's going to, that the, the whole deal was to live in Israel. Okay. You have, you have people. You say there are witnesses there who back her up. Let's call the rabbi of St. Paulo again. Can you find those people? They were never able to find other witnesses to back the woman's side of the story. Okay. They met again. So, so far, if you're, if you're keeping score, uh, th- there was a, 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 there was a, a, a appeal to the Bez in St. Paulo, followed by two yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael. Right? Um, right? Two yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael in, let's say, November, and then in uh, January 69. Two more times the Bezdin met in Tel Aviv. And they sort of summarized what was going on here. First of all, the woman uh, testified in front of the Bezdin. She said, look, we had a religious ceremony. Mr. Brazil didn't want us to put it into the Brazilian uh, state uh, records because that, that'll cost money. And anyway, that's indicator because we're planning going to Israel anyway. And that's good enough. And we can be married. The fact that we had this religious wedding in, is, in Brazil is good enough to come into Israel and be considered married. Also, he's got two married daughters who live in Eretz Yisrael. Now, I told him that I have... That I have a, uh, a one and a half, I don't know what that means, a dearest cheder vechetzi in Tel Aviv. I don't know what that means, but I guess it's a, a studio apartment in Tel Aviv. And he told me that we're going to buy a huge apartment in Haifa. We're all going to live in Haifa because it's near Kiryat Motzkin. That's where his daughter is, and that's where uh, uh, his grandchildren are, and that's where we're going to live. And he said, I got $50,000. You can do the math in terms of what the inflation was. I would assume the 50000 in 1969 is something like, you know, half, would you say about 300000 today or 400000 500000 You think about it, you think it's about 10 times. You it think could so be, you? yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he has half a million dollars, right? <laughs> He's got about half a million dollars uh, uh, liquid cash. And that's enough to buy a nice apartment in uh, Kiryat Motzkin, or wherever it is he's going to go, or Haifa. And she tied up something else. She said that um, he never got me his Brazilian citizenship because it cost money. And also because we're planning on moving anyway. You know what we did? He helped me get to extend my visa in Brazil, and the date that the visa was over was the day I left. So, therefore, it's clear that the the whole idea was just for me to stay here until it's time to go. Um, Now, why didn't he come with me? Because he's got two apartments in Brazil, and he's got this business, and he's got to somehow liquidate and, 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 and deal with that. But as soon as he did that, he's supposed to come. But I never received a letter from the bum. I never got any money from him. 
it's not that I was there and I never wrote him. I wrote him. He didn't answer me. Look, I came to Brazil. This woman is saying, I came to Brazil. I didn't know that I was going to get married. I came to my cousin. She sent me a ticket. I'm not rich. She sent me a round trip ticket to Brazil. Uh, this business that we said we're going to stay here in Brazil, that's not true. <laughs> Never said I was going to stay here. In fact, I told him the opposite. I said, I don't want to live in Brazil. The whole idea was we are getting married in order to go back there to Israel. In fact, the lawyer said, I want to present an evidence, her visa. Look at her visa. It says, what does it say? Exactly, October 17th, 1967. That's when it ends. So you see, the whole idea was her to go back there to Israel. Now, you expect her to bring witnesses and to stuff. She's not a Brazilian. She doesn't have the wherewithal to, to make a call to Brazil and find people to back her up. Anyway, then he plays his cards. We know that Locha is... The Mishnah says in Tuvot, how call Maivan Leretz Yisrael, that a person can force his wife, and a wife can force the husband, that we're going to live in Eretz Yisrael. That's the Mishnah. And she wants to live in Eretz Yisrael. She doesn't want to be divorced. She wants to continue her, her life of Nisuin in Israel. And she says, I don't hate the guy. Let him come and live up here. All right. If he doesn't want to come, then you know what? I deserve some money. Okay. You want me to accept a get? I ain't accepting a get till we come up with pizzuye note. <laughs> I'm not giving a get. I'm not accepting the get, she said. Until there's going to be the proper amount of money for what I had to go through in this whole business. Okay. Now, what did the uh, lawyer, Mr. Hyatt, say on behalf of the Brazilian? He said, what? You think he wants to come here? The man's old already. By the way, uh, Kivalevich is now going to just intercede here. There have been a lot of studies about the difficulty of older people uh, making Aliyah. But, of course, those studies were about older Russians who were coming, um, right? Um, this man... These studies are the old studies. <laughs> Mark, yeah, uh, old studies for old people. No, there's very recent studies about the illness rates and the death rates of a lot of Russian immigrants who came. Uh, it's actually very shocking. If you read that. I actually spoke to uh, a man when I visited Ukraine a couple of springs ago um, about this, and and he was very well known in his community where he was in the middle of nowhere in the Ukraine, and and uh, he says, if I go to Israel, now remember, he's Ukrainian, he's Jewish Ukrainian, but he says, if I go to Israel, I'll just be an old Russian guy. And, and not yeah. only... Just, that's how he will be perceived, right? You're right. That's a, you're right. And that's obviously a psychological uh, impediment to mixing in the society and, and, and living a fulfilling life. Yeah. And, and we were, you know, we were a group who were, you know, visiting the community there and, and seeing who, you know, these are some of the people who got benefits from, from um, various uh, funds, you know, Jewish funds that help preserve, you know, Jewish community uh, in, in 
countries like this. He was a Holocaust survivor. He had survived as a child, but he went on to become a manager of a factory and, you know, people in the neighborhood know who he is. And, you know, here he was somebody, even though he was somebody in a nowhere place, and he'd rather be uh, somebody in a nowhere place than to be nobody in a, in a, in the place. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. And, and I think that uh, those studies, and I can you know, send you some links to them, indicate that there's, it actually creates physical illness um, and, and uh, a lot of difficulty, lack of respect, a lack of self-respect. Um, the fact that really, you know, you know, they, they, I, I don't know if the Israeli um, medical system is, is, is the greatest. I know you have to wait and wait. Um, you know, you, you, again, look at our look at our Brazilian friend here. Um, true, he's got family there, and he can he probably has the money to fly. And you know, even in '69, whatever that took to fly there and back and forth. But to think that he agreed to move to live in Israel, okay, it's again, it's a toss up. But you can hear what they're saying that he's old. He's got his business here, and um, he also says. She told him that she's going to stay. And we've brought witnesses. Uh, don't give me this baloney, the, the lawyer said, Hyatt, that uh, uh, she can't find witnesses. Has she, other than her word, have we seen, we had Kimmel, Dalit, Hay, and Vav, whatever their names were, right? Nobody said that they were wrong. So I'll tell you what. The husband is ready to take her back. Whatever she wants, whatever she wants in Brazil, come back to Brazil. Now, if there's no way, so I'll tell you what, once again, uh, the husband says, make her take a get. And if, and if she runs away, not to take a get, give him a heter to sue him. Okay, she wants money. I'll tell you what, I'll pay the ksuva. All right, we'll pay ksuva, he says. She's, she's a widow or she's a second marriage. Her ksuva is 100 zoos. Figure out how much that silver is, Besden. Whatever you figure it out, and again, this is a whole discussion. We can do a different share about this. I'm going to pay the ksuva. However, this business about, we know that if there's a question, the place where you get married should be the prime place. And the place where the husband lives, a wife needs to live in the place of a husband. Now, she needs to prove that they spoke about living in Israel. Now, the truth is, even though it's true, if a woman says she wants to go to Eretz Yisrael, all that means is, based on the Gemara and Suvis, the Bryce and the Gemara and Suvis says, is that he needs to give her a get and the Ksuva. But it doesn't say that he needs to come there or anything else. Doesn't have to give uh, a whole bunch of payment. Doesn't have to give all uh, uh, pitzuyim. Let's give her the right. Okay, let's say the halacha of the Mishnah applies. The Bryce and the Mishnah, that she has a right to demand to live in Israel. He doesn't have, he's not forced to go with her. The husband cannot force the wife to go with him. I mean, see, the wife can't force the husband to go with him, go with her. What she can do is say, I want to live in Eretz Yisrael. And, and again, it goes against what the original commitment was. But let's say even it did. The lawyer claimed that, that all that should do is make him give her a get, which is what he wants. And she doesn't want to take the get. And you have to pay the ksuva. How much is the ksuva? A hundred zoos. 
Now, that was the second time they met. So, the Dayanim, they spoke about it. The Tel Aviv Dayanim spoke about it. And they said, we determine the woman doesn't want to take a get. She doesn't have to. Now, she said the only way she'll take a get is if the guy pays what's considered like a real um, damages. Okay? You guys to figure out what that is, but that was their psaac. So their psaac was that she can stand as a moredet, so to speak. I'm not taking the get. And you still have to owe me money for all the f- stuff that, that you, cause you just, you need to support me. Now, you want to give me a get? You've got to come to terms with my lawyers and my people to determine that. That was the psaac of the original, of the original Bezdin. Now, one of the reasons why they poskin this, the main reason why they poskin this, is because it's Yishev Eretz Yisrael. Mikivan Sheba Eretz Yisrael Waskinan, those had it not been Eretz Yisrael, slam dunk, Mr. Brazil wins, right? If it was, she was from Paris, and she wanted to go back to France or whatever, yeah, Brazil wins. But because we're talking about Eretz Yisrael, we go to the Kalal of Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, um, as the halacha says, even if what? He omerit lalot, she wants to go. What does the Brisa say? Kofenoto lalot. Meaning we put pressure on him to join her. And if, obviously, we can't force him there, then he needs to divorce her and pay Iksuva, which is what his, 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 his lawyer said. Now, therefore, she's not considered rebellious. In fact, according to what this peasant said, he's the Moraid. He's wrong. He needs to follow her to Eretz Yisrael because of the chashibus of the mitzvah of Yish of Eretz Yisrael. And we're not working with. So, then you can see as I scroll down here, and Dolly barks in the background, you can see that as I'm scrolling back back here, you can see a whole 10-page uh, essay about this law that had been sort of irrelevant for years. That now these Dayanim were they're, 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 they were biting at the chomping at the bit to be able to explain it. All the Rishonim, Achronim, a whole bunch of middle of medieval uh, sources from the Mabit, from the Tashbats, um, all over the place. Now, and, and it really has to do with the Yerushalmi. Uh, the Yerushalmi says that um, that Bezman Azed, the woman cannot force you anymore. Uh, there is Yerushalmi that the Rush quotes. As you can say, look at this. Um, he wrote se la'alot, if she wants to go to Israel, but who ain't a wrote se ain't kofen so. So there is such a Yerushalmi, and that, of course, would help Mr. Brazil in this case. But the Rosh said that Yerushalmi is against our Gemara. Because our Gemara says that uh, it's true even today. 
Now, some say the Yerushalmi is talking about Bismanazeh. And what does that mean? Why? Because Bismanazeh, there's, there's a problem of Mizonos. And there's two explanations in this Yerushalmi. First of all, some say the Yerushalmi is corrupt. Uh, not you understand what I mean? The text of the Yerushalmi has been corrupted. Those of you that uh, you're all invited, by the way, and Sheila can uh, attest to that. She's one of our listeners. That we do Yerushalmi every single night. And it's not easy, but I encourage you to be with us. But one of the things we see in the Yerushalmi is that a lot of times the text is, a lot, is, very, is very tricky and slippery. So there might have been such Yerushalmi and Suvis, but it might not have been the right text. But the Yerushalmi did seem to say that the husband is not forced to follow the wife to Israel. So there's two explanations in this Yerushalmi. One explanation is that um, there's no Beis HaMikdash today. There's no mitzvah because you can't really do so many of the mitzvahs anymore. The husband can maybe do some mitzvahs because he can maybe plant and stuff like that. But a wife, she doesn't have the beautiful mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael anymore. And she can't, she's not really going to be out there farming. So that's why the wife can't force the husband. Uh, that's one explanation in the Yerushalmi. The other explanation is, is that the Bach says that the Yerushalmi understood that once the Chorban occurred, life in Israel is very hard. And there's a problem with Mizonos. So, if he says that he can take it, if he says that he can be a chalutz, if he says he's willing to work as a ditch digger, so he's the guy that runs the show, generally, in terms of where Parnosa goes. She's got to follow him. But she can't force him to go because he can say, look, the way I look at it, I don't think I'm going to have a job there. That is the, um, the Yerushalmi, and that seems to somehow help Mr. Brazil here, or does it? Um, the Besden the felt that over here it doesn't. Because even though he's 71 by this time, and he's not going to go be a ditch digger, he's got money! <laughs> he has saved up 50,000 bucks, which she was telling us is a half a million dollars in today's money. You know what, I don't know, about, I don't know, half a million? I guess you get a decent apartment, right? <laughs> Maybe, right? I don't know. I'm not sure. I think about it a lot because I think about selling our house. I know we're not going to come out with half a million, but, you know, if we do get... <laughs> I'm just thinking the two reasons why it's okay to leave Eretz Yisrael is one of, among, I mean, among the reasons is Parnassah, learning Torah, getting married. So if she, she wouldn't be able to force the husband go to Eretz Yisrael if he went to Chutz Laros in order to make money have Parnassah or learn Torah. Right, but he's, but, but here's different, Sheila. Here, he's a guy with money living in Chutz Laros. So even though, right. it's, even though it's true, he ain't going to start becoming richer in Israel. The guy's 71. Let's give him another 25 years to live. He can live off the half a million. True, true. Uh, I, hear, I hear the so, and That's what the Besden said. Now look I at checked the, the uh, calculator, by the way. It's uh, $50,000 in 1969. is worth $362,000 now, apparently. Okay. Not bad. 
Very good. Very good. Thanks. N- not so much, though, is it, right? I don't know. Well, $362,000 is no joke. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm not sure how long that lasts you in Israel if you don't have a job. Um, but look, yeah. at the, look, look at what Rav Zimbalist wrote in, 19, um, in 1969, or 19, when they gave this psaq. He says, and ain't at slum dochik mizonos. Maybe that was true in 1969. I don't know. He says that we have many immigrants who come at an advanced age, and they live okay. May live okay. In fact, as I said, I'm sure his wife was younger than him. I mean, you could already guess what was going on over here. This is probably a. I wouldn't call her a cougar. I don't want to insult this this whole thing here because a cougar would mean she's out for you know, for, for joy. But I would assume she's sort of a middle-aged woman, right? She's got a, you know, she's got a, a kids. And, and I would assume the man is older than her. And, and, and what she's looking for is money. Right? Again, I, I, you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to be sorted to see that. But she still is young enough that she says she'll help make up some of the cost. So therefore, the Dayanim said, it's still, even with the Yershalmi, she can force him uh, and, 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 and to come. Now, now, uh, as you can see, they go through a lot over here, going through all the sources here. Um, now, one of the other things they, they came up with was another reason why the husband is going to lose this case. Because we know there's a discussion about, let's say, forget about Israel. Forget about Israel. Let's say the wife says, I can't stand living in Paducah. And just not enough Jews here. I want to move to Chicago. I want to move to New York. I want to move to LA. I got to move to a place where there's more Jews. So we know that a husband, right? That a husband, um, and as you can see, Yochel v'chol falechas achra v'fil meyard sro mokum shrubi yisro. So maybe she can say another taina. I don't want to live in Sao Paulo. Forget about it being Eretz Yisro and the kedusha of Eretz Yisro. I want to go to a place where there's more Jews. As he, as the Bezdin said, the Bishara Rotsos to Chulachofa Lutzes Mkomo. She could get him to go to move from Paducah to Borough Park. She has a right, and he would have to divorce her and pay her and everything uh, for that. So, in that case as well, they wanted his Taina that. That would include this halacha, the day she would be able to use that as a taina for herself. Now, it's true that there is a discussion about um, is there a mitzvah or not today? And he gets into this whole, this again, very, very lengthy uh, deal in here about 
her rights versus his rights. Let me just cut to the chase here as we get to the final psak. He says, okay, let's say the Adam are right, that when they got married, they said we're getting married on the condition to stay in Brazil. Let's go to what the Adam said, the Besson says. They didn't say that that that's how he gave her the wedding. He gave her the, 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 the ring under the chuppah and said, you're going to be married to me, and this marriage is based on the fact that we are living in Brazil. She said that she has decided to stay in Brazil before the marriage. That's not a tenai. That's not a stipulation in the marriage to say, okay, this marriage is a different marriage than most marriages. Most marriages, you have this option to move to Israel. But in this marriage, the marriage was built on this principle that they're staying in Chutzlaras. All that means is, is that she was mochel. She gave up her rights to go back to Israel. And, she's, and, 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 and she agrees for San Paulo. But she's not bound for that forever. Yes, when she got married, let's assume that the Adam are telling the truth. Even if they're telling the truth, they're not, t- they're not saying that the marriage is built on this principle. And therefore, she can change her mind. Even though she thought originally she's, she doesn't want the schus to be able to force life back there at Israel, which is her right, based on the mission and based on the mitzvah of Yishaver at Israel, she has the right. But she can be mochudat. She was mochudat. And now she wants it back. She, she can get it back. Therefore, there was no time of Furish. She can say, I have the right to go to Eretz Yisrael, and we're going to have the money. And, she, and that was the psak that was given, in this case, in Tel Aviv, uh, sometime in um, August or early September 1969. Okay. So they got married in, what do we say, 66? So about three years later, the show seems to be over. But wait. This was the Bezdin Ezori. That's the local Bezdin. The Bezdin Ezori. <laughs> Hochman says, I'm appealing this case. I'm appealing this case to a higher authority. Who's that? You're going to find out in a second. One of my heroes. I'm going to jump to it 2 o'clock. All right. I'll right. have to keep recording to get the last bit. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. So, thank, thank goodness it's being recorded. Okay. Okay. All right. Be well. Thank you. All right. Good. So, yeah. So this was then taken as an irur. So, meaning, this is what you have in Israel. They decided, Hochman decided, that I want, I want this to be heard by a higher Bezdin. The Bezdin HaRabani Agodo Birushalayim. Not just in Tel Aviv. I want the Supreme Court to hear it. And of course, who is the Supreme Court? 
okay? Uh, cue the Rocky music. And Goldschmidt. Those are the big size people. They're going to hear this case again because they don't like this psak. Hochman didn't like it. Um, and what Revel Yoshev did, and I assume he was the main writer here, is he says the following. You need to understand that this is, you, you're assuming according to the Ramban that there's a mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. If there's a mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, and that's a mitzvah that's binding on, on everyone. So what does that mean, that mitzvah that's binding? If you hold like the Ramban, which is really what, although they never mentioned the Ramban in the original Psak, Rabbi Yoshev said, clearly the Ramban, who says it's a mitzvah and it's on every yochid, and it doesn't really have to do with parnasa so much, it has to do with the struggle to go there, to be there, to get there, to live there, to be part of that land. Then it makes sense to say that it is a mitzvah from Taryag Mitzvos, and every Jew has to fulfill it. And therefore, even when Mr. Brazil and Miss Middle-Aged Israeli Woman gets married there, when they got married, they're mischaten, to go. In other words, every Jew, Kedas Moshev Yisrael, means you're going to go live in Israel. Hopefully that mitzvah will, will radiate within you. And therefore... Hey, this is, we live as Jews, and this is one of the essential mitzvahs, or a mitzvah, doesn't really make a difference, but if you're going to say it's a mitzvah, so that's as if there was a Tanai, that they're going to go to Eretz Yisrael. And it would work either way, between the husband or the wife. However, Let's say you don't hold like the Ramban. If you don't hold like the Ramban, let's say you hold like the Rambam. So if you take a look that if you hold like the Rambam, right? And we know she, right? Uh, according to the Adis, she said that she's going to stay in, 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 in St. Paulo. So, um, according to the Rambam, though, there's, it's not like that was part of the deal. According to the Rambam, it's not a mitzvah. If it's not a mitzvah, okay, it's an important thing, but it's not like it's part of your responsibilities. It's not like you have a mitzvah chiyuvis to do it. So it's not like the, the marriage was based on this eventual possibility happening. So therefore, you can say that she left, she went to Israel, the husband doesn't want to go, he wants to give her a get. She can't force him and, 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 and that he shouldn't have a get and that he should not be able to get remarried. And he said there's another thing. When a, when a, when a lawyer says, it's a Mishnah. 
you got to check this out. Why, why is she wanting to go to Israel? In other words, we've got to, we don't want to check everybody's tzitzis and see if they keep pilchas nida or keep halachos or keep kashras. But why does a person want to live in Israel? Why do they want to go? And therefore, if she really wants it because she's really a religious woman, then you could say her taina is a taina. But if it's just because she's an Israeli and, and she's not religious, and again, this is what it's implying here, that we have to check out and see if, you know, is she really religious or not, then maybe that weakens her taina. So look what Rebel Yoshev and Rav Zolti did. First of all, they said, what the previous Bezdin was saying really has power based on the Ramban only. But the Ramban's not the only player here. The Ramban disagrees. And especially if maybe this isn't all about Yeshav Eretz Yisrael the way it used to be. Yeah, in the time of the Ramban, anybody who wants to go to Eretz Yisrael, it's because he loves the mitzvahs, he wants to live that type of life, he wants to sustain himself with Kedusha. But this is a case of modern Israel. And because it's modern Israel, again, this is just a question of convenience and where her family lives. I'm not saying it's not a significant thing to live in Eretz Israel, but it doesn't have the same power that it did. So therefore, um, he says that Um, it sounds like here was the Rav in Brazil. His name was Rav Volt. Um, so he says that, um, let's, again, we have testimony. Did they really say it or not? Um, the testimony has never been, there was a, a good rabbi who was involved. Even if you want to say, like the previous Bezdin, that she can go back. But yes, she has a right to, that's true. She has a right to go back to Israel. But she cannot force him to come after her. That's for sure. And if he's willing to give her the get, no, there's no extra money to pay. So therefore, the Ramba might be right. She might not really be sincere anyway, about in the same way. And we do have the Yerushalmi and the Sheet of Rav Meir that a woman cannot force a husband to go to Israel, even if there is Parnosa there, possibly. So therefore, the husband's right. Mr. Brazil is right. And if she doesn't want to come back to Brazil, he can hand a get in St. Paulo and uh, and that's where, and, and in terms of her ksuva, and they can decide, the Bezdin and St. Paulo can decide whether they want to give him to, to knock off Chaim Rabbeinu Gershom. And that is the Psak, that's how they overturned the Psak, Rebel Yoshev. Rebel Yoshev Rebzolti 
and and uh, Reb Goldschmidt overturned the original psak. Incredible, really. <laughs> if you think about it. So right? did they did they award um, the kasuva and get or no kasuva? No, the ksuva they said she gets the ksuva. They're going to let her. Okay, go. so then that's what I was thinking to begin with. That it would just be kasuva and get, and she. Right, but she she wants a lot of money. Okay, she wants more than just the ksuva. Because of the ksuva, there's a whole discussion. How much is 100 zoos today, right? How much is 200 zoos? So here you see, I think, uh, what we're saying. The Just go back to the title of our shir. Uh, the Israeli woman was hiding behind the skirts of the Ramban in a way. And it's interesting that the Revel Yoshev, despite the fact that he lived in Eretz Yisrael, loved Eretz Yisrael, I don't think he ever left Eretz Yisrael in his whole life. And Rav Jolti is the same way but they were able to use the sheet of the Rambam that there's no mitzvah to be able to somehow push this psak in a different direction. And to actually, although it doesn't seem like it's a difference, I think it is a very big difference. In other words, according, she needs to take the get. In other words, the Bezdin, listen to what I'm saying, Sheila, the Bezdin in St. Polo is makabal the get on her behalf. Right, right. Whereas according to the original psak in Tel Aviv, she doesn't have to take the get and there's still... There's still, right. there's still, a, there's still a debt accruing that he's still machayev and giving her mazonos and everything like that. Not only that, then he's an uncle. You know, he's he's stuck. Right, and he's <laughs> and there, and in fact, Rebel Yoshev was even giving a possibility to be matter him to get remarried if she if she refuses. And there's there's ways that they can call her and, and get, get a schus from it. But so clearly, again, you see how the how the how, how things turn over here. And, 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 and who would have thought, really, when we talked about this machlokas in a theoretical way, and we talked about people being Meister Nefesh to go there and not, and here, as you see, these ideas really take on a very practical uh, and, and very uh, real uh, determination. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You don't miss a single episode.